Hello everyone, and welcome to the PyTorch Dev Podcast. Today, I want to talk about VMAP. VMAP is a feature that was popularized by Google Jax, which lets you write code without thinking about batching and then automatically make your code batched. So let's imagine that you want to you know, add some tensors together and then do a matrix multiply on them, maybe run a convolution on them. What VMAP says is you can write it as if you were writing this computation on a single batch, really no batch dimension at all, and then you can VMAP over it to so-called vectorize it, that's what the V in VMAP stands for, so that all these operations transform into their vectorized operations. And in many cases, um, many ops in uh, both PyTorch and NumPy and JAX are automatically batched, in the sense that if you tack on extra dimensions to the beginning of the tensor, um, the operations semantics will say, okay, um, I'll just treat those as batch dimensions and process them. But there are a lot of operations that don't do that. For example, operations that only take a single batch dimension or operations that change their meaning when you add more or less dimensions. Matrix multiply is a particularly bad offender in this front. And VMAP makes it so that you don't have to like worry about, oh yeah, if I want to add a batch dimension, I can't use matmul anymore. I have to use BMM instead. And all it says is, no, just write the single example version and I will automatically translate it into the batch version as necessary. So how do you implement VMAP? There are a number of different ways, but I'm going to talk about the particular implementation that PyTorch's um, VMAP implementation uses because it's the one I know best and it's most relevant if you want to develop PyTorch. So in PyTorch, when I want to VMAP over a tensor, um, what I do is I introduce a new concept called a batched tensor. A batched tensor can be thought of as a regular tensor, but with some of its dimensions marked as being so-called batch dimensions, which don't nor participate in normal computation in the way that you would normally imagine. So let's imagine that I'm talking about a um, square matrix, right? Uh, you know, A by B, and uh, I want to batch it. So I have a batch dimension on it. So ordinarily in PyTorch, if I asked what is the dimension of uh, this, um, you know, batch by A by B tensor, I would tell you three. But with a batched tensor, the batch dimension is considered a private implementation detail. And so I don't get to see it. So if I ask what the dimension of a batch tensor with one of these batch dimensions in it is, I actually only get two. Because logically, when I'm looking at this tensor, um, I wanna just be able to do single operations on it. And so uh, when I say, hey, what's the size of it? I should see only a single instance in question. But under the hood, what the batching tensor is doing is it's translating your operations on this domain, this single example domain, into the multiple example domain. And that's why uh, you know, we, we do need to have a tensor that stores all of the various batches in question. You just don't get to see it as a user. This distinction between logical and physical dimensions is very helpful because uh, it helps you sort of keep straight what is going on in the logical universe namely what you see as a user, and what is going on in the physical universe, aka what operations are actually happening. So to give another example, um, when you want to do a sum, a reduction sum, you can say what dimension you want to do the reduction on, right? So let's imagine, once again, you've got a two-dimensional tensor, and you want to do a reduction on the first dimension, so dim equals zero. 
So if you have a tensor that's um, you know a by b, you just say okay sum open paren dim equals zero, and that'll do the reduction in the first dimension. But what if this tensor gets batched? Well, if this tensor gets batched, then it's not correct to write dim equals zero to reduce the zeroth logical dimension, because what that'll do instead is reduce over the batch dimension. And those of you who um, have seen some of the marketing copy for name tensors may recognize this as like a similar problem that name tensors were, were trying to solve, right? So name tensors answer to the solution is, okay, don't say that you wanna do a reduction over dimension zero, say that you wanna do a dim uh, reduction over the height dimension, let's say. What VMAP says instead is, no, 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 no. Um, you can still use numeric designations. We just won't actually ever, you know, make the batch dimensions visible to you. So you can say, oh, I want to reduce over dimension zero. And if you have a A by B tensor, that'll be A. If you have a batch by A by B tensor, that'll still be A. And if you have a batch one by batch two by A by B tensor, it'll still be A. And the VMAP, process will adjust the index so that from the logical idea of zero to three or four or whatever it needs to be, depending on where you've inserted the batch dimensions um, when you're doing the actual interpretation on the inside. And really that's all there is to it, to the VMAP implementation in PyTorch. So we have a VMAP dispatch key. You don't know what dispatch keys are? Go listen to one of my earlier podcasts about the dispatcher. We have a VMAP dispatch key, which interposes in on VMAP when you want to do an operation. And um, uh, when you have one of these batch tensors, which get created when you use the VMAP operation, right? So when you VMAP over a tensor, um, on the inside of the VMAP, we give you a batched tensor, which will do the batching for you. And uh, we, when you, we do, you hit the VMAP dispatch key, it does the um, translation from the logical into the physical um, thing in question, and then you know it redispatches, and uh, the physical operations just get handled in the same ordinary way you used to see them handled. Another way I like to think about this problem is that I'm doing a sort of functional transformation on my API calls, and this is this is very much the Jack's um, interpretation for VMAP which is that I've got my program, it has all of these calls to add, mull, mat, mull, whatever. And what the VMAP uh, call does is it transforms this into a corresponding vectorized program, vAd, vMull, uh, vMm, assuming those were actually operations, with the, which they typically aren't. But like if you had a vectorized version of add um, and a vectorized version of mat, mull, um, you just translate to those versions, but otherwise your program stays very similar. So like, like in a sort of very mathematical sense, you're in this sort of world of single example functions, and there's this extra world of um, multi-batched functions, and there's a mapping of every function in the sort of single example world into the batched world. And so as long as you like say how to do this translation, then uh, you can just take your program of single example calls and then project it into this other world. And um, like if you were a Haskeller, you'd call this a type of functor. It's not a functor on Hask per se, but it's a functor on um, valid tensors. If that didn't mean anything to you, don't worry. 
But like the picture that I want you to have in your head, right, is you're taking all these function calls and you're replacing them with vectorized function calls. And you might do this multiple times if you, for example, vmap multiple times. This looks pretty different from the physical implementation, right? Because the physical implementation um, keeps track of what batch dimensions are on tensors. And what it does is it actually, you know, it's a little more efficient. It like collapses all levels of VMAPs into a single batched tensor. But there's another implementation you could have done for VMAP, which is you have a single batch tensor which handles a single batch dimension, and you just repeatedly wrap each time. And so if you, you know, did a VMAP of a VMAP of a VMAP, you would end up with batch tensor containing a batch tensor containing a batch tensor, which contains an actual tensor. And so in this way, you can think of this sort of like as you've got this chain of uh, control where the first call hits the top level batch tensor, which does a transformation and then transforms that operation into a vectorized operation, which then passes into the second batch tensor. And then when you have well, the second batch tensor is asked, hey, I've got this vectorized operation. Can you vectorize it again for me? And you end up with a vectorized, vectorized operation, and so forth and so forth until you bottom out and there's no more batching to be done. By the way, this is what, um, when Jack says that its functional transformations are composable, this is what is meant, which is that when you apply the transformation um, to the operation, you get back a thing that you can apply the transformation again to. It's like, a, it's an endofunctor, in other words. And it's really profitable to um, realize that even if the implementation involves these like batch tensors and um, you know they're doing all this bookkeeping and they're intercepting operator calls, it's really helpful to think about the actual semantics as just morally replacing these operations. So whenever like I'm in a situation where I'm like I'm not sure what VMAP is supposed to do in this case, instead of like trying to run a batch tensor like object in my head, instead I just think about oh well you know like what would I like modify these API calls to look like when I did it this way? And that usually tells me what I wanted the behavior to be. So to give an example of this, um, a classic problem when you're doing vmapping is how to handle random number generation. So let me explain what the problem is. So let's say that you're doing a uh, vmap and at some point during the vmap, you make a call out to a random number generator. So you like say torch randn, give me a buffer filled of random numbers, and then maybe say add it to one of these batch tensors. And so there's a problem which is what do uh, what is the semantics of this? For each batch in the batch tensor, do I separately generate random numbers and then uh, you know perturb them all differently? So this is like sampling noise, and then you'd want the noise to be different across batch dimensions. Or am I sampling the noise once and then applying the same noise to every batch in question, sort of shifting everything exactly the same way? And so there is probably something that the naive implementation of your code would do, um, that is to say, replicate the random numbers uh, in each case. But that's not a good way to think about what you actually want the semantics in the situation to be, right? So if we think a little bit further and we say, okay, well, you know, what kinds of uh, transformations to the API calls do I want to have happen in this situation? Um, we quickly see that the replicate the noise the same way everywhere corresponds to when I don't modify 
the random number generation call. So I just do a plain old stock random number generation call. I modify the ad into a vectorized ad. And what that is going to do is broadcast the random number generator, which we call wasn't modified at all. So it's going to be made at the logical size, not the physical size. And that broadcasting is what causes the random number generation to be reused for every batch. Whereas the case where I um, do a new random number generation for every single batch corresponds to transforming the random call into a call that um, has a batch dimension and then I don't have to do broadcasting when I add things together later. And so there's two reasons why this is a really useful way of thinking about it. So one is that it gives you a way of thinking about how you might actually implement this. And the way you can implement this is by doing a mode key. So normally the problem is, is that uh, dispatch in PyTorch is based on the types of tensors. And so Randon has a hard time dispatching to batching uh, batch tensor VMAP because it doesn't take any tensors as input. So it doesn't know, oh, what the VMAP should be. And we have a way of working around this, which is a so-called mode, um, which is, hey, when you turn on this mode, like AMP, Automatic Mixed Precision, see previous podcast, all operations are affected by this, even if you know there's no input uh, dependence at all. In JAX, this is called omni-staging, if, if you are curious. So if you make uh, VMAP a mode, then you can interpose in Randon and then like look at what the state of your um, you know vmapping is and then you know uh, generate the Randon appropriately. And this is pretty nice because it turns into sort of the common way to fix this ambiguity, which is if you wanted the random number generation to be generated once per all the batches, make sure you generate it before you actually call the vmap. So make sure you call it outside of the vmap. And if you call it inside the VMAP, we're just going to assume that you wanted the random number generation generated anew every time because, well, you're doing it inside the example in question. And that, that maps very nicely to the mode style implementation. Jack solves this a little differently. They force you to pass an explicit random number generator object to disambiguate these cases, which does disambiguate the cases and is more expressive. But if you're like a very mutable person, um, uh, moving things before and after function calls sort of makes sense as a way to control when effects should happen. It's like flipping a coin, right? Like if you want to flip a coin once or you want to flip a coin many times inside of a loop, well, you would either you know flip it once outside the loop or you would move it inside the loop to flip the coin many times. So you know the analogy of VMAP as a loop also works here, even though there's side effects involved. So what are some things that are wrong with the current implementation of VMAP in um, PyTorch? So there is one big problem, which is that um, it is not fully composable. So VMAP is set up in a way that it is composable with itself. So we can VMAP as many times as you want and Batch Tensor knows how to handle this. And it composes with Autograd in one specific way. Namely, if you wanted to VMAP your code and then run Autograd on it, that's okay, and that's supported by PyTorch. Um, and this is because dispatch keys have a fixed order, so you can't reorder them. Now the problem is, sometimes you want to run autograd first, and then vmap over the autograd. And this is very useful for doing this thing called per sample gradients, which I'm not going to explain in this podcast, but you can look it up if you're interested in it. But 
composing them in this different way. And no, it's not the same thing. These these operations are not commutative. So like whether or not you do VMAP first, then grad, or grad, then VMAP has implications on the performance of your code. So to solve this, Richard Zhou, the original author of VMAP in PyTorch, and Horace have been working on a new version called FunkTorch, where instead of being forced to have a fixed order that um, transformations like this are applied in PyTorch, um, bash then VMAP, um, instead you just have a stack of transformations like JAX. FunkTorch is unabashedly um, taking a lot of inspiration from JAX and let you compose them in whatever order you like. And that's pretty cool. And um, you know, Jax has a lot of good ideas there. There is a good thing about our implementation though, right? Which is that because we compress all VMAP layers into a single representation, um, we have to go less loops through like the translation because we can just do the translation all in one go. It makes our batching rules a little more complicated, but um, it reduces the sort of fixed overheads in question. And so for PyTorch, we do care about this because we're in an eager mode framework. We don't usually ask people to use a JIT combinator to like get rid of all these fixed overheads. So there's still a utility to this, but sometimes you do want like wild flexibility and then being able to compose things in whatever order you want, uh, however you like, um, is a useful capability. So I hope I've explained a little bit about how VMAP is implemented and some of the various ways that I think about VMAP and also other sort of sorts of functional transformations in PyTorch. By the way, there's an old podcast about functionalization. You can also think of that as a functional transform in the same sense as VMAP. That's everything I wanted to say for today. Talk to you next time.